Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. This is our Festivus episode. We recently had a live podcast at Suffolk University Law School in Boston, in which we allowed live guests to air grievances or talk about feats of strength within the legal field, including legal technology. This is a really fun show, and we talked about some crazy stuff here, including farming in Iowa, a cat named Leonidas, and people generally got to slam technology that they hated. So listen up. This is going to be a lot of fun. This event was sponsored by the Legal Hackers Group in Boston, the Boston Legal Hackers, the Legal Innovation and Technology Lab at Suffolk University Law School, and the MIT Media Lab. And also, of course, this episode, as every episode of Legal Toolkit, is sponsored by our sponsors for the show. TimeSolve, Abbey Connect, Nexa Professional, and Scorpion. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays. Grab your Festivus pole and let's go. It's a Festivus miracle. Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit Podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. If you are looking for a 2019 Festivus celebration, well, my friends, you found it. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're Jerry Stiller, you're probably shaking your fist to the cloud right now. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots, the first-to-market chatbot builder and predictive analytics created specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. You can also listen to my other other podcasts. Yes, I have another one because I'm not busy enough, which I host with my wife. My dear wife, Jessica, she tells me to say that. That show is called The Lobby List, and that's available on iTunes, so subscribe, rate, and comment. But here on the Legal Talk Network's Legal Toolkit, we provide you with a new tool each episode to add to your own toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. Now then, in this episode, we're doing a live podcast. I'm here at Suffolk... Very nice, very nice. All right, order, order. Sorry, I had to do that. All right, so we're here live at Suffolk University Law School in the MOOC courtroom, and we're here on behalf of the Legal Innovation and Technology Lab, which uh, is run by, managed by, directed by the great David Colarusso, who's here as well. Um, Friend of Legal Talk Network, friend of mine, friend of everyone in this room. So before I introduce today's guests, I usually do a bio, but we're going to bring people up one by one to give us their festivist gripe or a jurisprudential feat of strength. So the idea here is that we're going to have a real festivist celebration with airing of grievances or feats of strength. You can talk about one or both. Um, So the idea is we're going to bring people up, they're going to introduce themselves, and then we're going to have an open-ended conversation. And this is delightful for me because you can't see this because you're listening and not seeing me, but I'm at a judge's 
table right now, which is, this is maybe one of the most exciting moments of my life. All right, so I'm now canvassing the audience. Who's coming up first? Nobody? Don't make me pick. Come on, come on up. Oh, we got Russell. All right, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Stand there, sir. Don't make me call the bailiff. All right. <laughs> All right, sir, please introduce yourself. My name is Russell Matson, and I have a list of angry grievances. <laughs> oh, good. Before we get to that, tell people what you do or what you're interested in. Hmm, I wish I had a better answer for such a... <laughs> I should really have an elevated pitch. Nothing so obscene, I, please. I'm trying to get, either get into legal technology or get a job with tenure. Oh, all right. Well, this is a good this is a good advertisement for that. Nothing better than spreading negativity across the Legal Talk network <laughs> if you're trying to network. Right. Hire this man. He's yeah. really pleasant in person. <laughs> all right. So, where do you want to start? Airing of grievances? Yes. What's your first grievance? Well, my first grievance is with Legal Tech in general. Okay, hit me. You would think that be you would be think that it's so clear that there's the need for products and there's so many smart nerds working on this. <laughs> And yet, where are the jobs that are just that are just uh, out there for everyone qualified to mm. to work? Too many nerds. Yes. <laughs> um, so the issue is that there are supposed to be jobs everywhere, but there are only. So I, I partly agree with this. Like, I think a lot of the legal tech movement is taking place in cities like Toronto, um, Silicon Valley, New York. We're sitting in a courtroom, a fake courtroom. Although I'm going to pretend it's real for right now, in Boston. And if you were looking for a legal tech job in Boston, there's not a lot of places to go, right? That seems to be the case. Yeah. So, and then the issue is like, are you going to be able to work for a company that will allow you to work from home? And that's not always the case. That's true. So I think we're making a call to these legal technology companies to hire more people in more diverse geographic areas. Would that be safe to say? That would be a perfectly reasonable conclusion to draw. We can also be angry at the market. Oh, okay. So tell me about that. Well, I mean, why should we be angry at the market? Because Adam Smith's invisible hand should be solving this problem. Oh, here we go. All right, can you tell people what that is? Not everybody's going to know what that is. Uh, well, if I remember Adam my, Smith was he a pop star from the eighties? It seemed. I think that was Adam. No, Ant Adam Hand. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. If I Adam remember Smith. my Econ one hundred and one from the nineteen eighty seven, it was that there's the market is made up of invisible actors with invisible hands, and everything just sort of works seamlessly and perfectly. Mm. So needs are supposed to occur, um, money is supposed to be available, and people will magically do the work. And I, I shake my fist with fury at the market. <laughs> that hasn't seemed to happen. <laughs> so is the theory bunk, or is the market just not operating the way it should? Uh, well... Markets, of course, are always perfectly efficient. Everyone has perfect information and acts Naturally. in their own best interest at yes. in all times. We're not piping in that laughter. That's real laughter. <laughs> <clears throat> so my guess is that we're in a little bubble where there's a bunch of hype going on. A lot of and, hype. And yes. Maybe it's overblown. Can we say that? Well, we just did. All right. There was no I like it. voices, so there you go. So this is not too negative. All right, well, then I'll move on to the next to topic. Oh, all right, you got another one. All right, this is good. It's a hot star. Um, Did you write this down? I do have three bullet points. Oh, nice. All right, let's get to number two. <laughs> Beautiful. Are you using a teleprompter? <laughs> I, 
am trying to integrate everything into Clio, and Clio and Zapier don't always aren't always nice to each other. Oh boy. So, what specific issues have you had? Uh, we're trying to get. We use Clio Manage, and we're trying to use Clio Grow. Right. And, and I'm trying to make Ring Central. Uh, every uh, all the text and pictures to go automatically go into Clio, and so far that hasn't happened. All right, this is good because Clio people listen to my show, and, and I do have a history of trolling Clio because I know how do. I, I know how I, and the NPS scores work, and I will regularly just give them that eight because they want the nines and tens, <laughs> and if you give them the eight, you get that's, all these emails back. That's cool, man. It is. <clears throat> You're just trolling people now. I mean, but such is the nature of Festivus. Right, right, right. It is kind of. I mean, you're killing it. Like, I'm so glad you're the first guest. You're like really getting into the spirit of Festivus. <laughs> All right, so Clio can do a better job with Zapier integrations with Clio Grow. Yes, because okay. they have $250 million of VC money. Is that true? That's what I heard. Yeah, I don't know. I only got like, I only got like 5% of that, so I'm not sure of the actual figure. <laughs> well, I just assume that it makes sense to move to the market leader because it's, while it's not clear that the, VCs will make any money. It is clear that with all that, all that money being put into it, it seems like the product will exist for quite a while. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's if the focus is going to be on building a better software product. Because the focus may instead be on building a platform and acquiring partners. Yes. Because there's two ways to build a product, which is to build your own stuff or to acquire people who've already built what you need. Yeah, which seems like that seems like the thing that makes the most sense. And I find it hilarious how many people I know they have an idea. They're like, I have a startup. And instantly, they've already moved to like, and then I will sell it to Clio. It's like the entire, <laughs> the journey is the reward. Like Got to have a dream. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to grievance number three. That was um, a good one. Those were, well. I thought you had three bullet points. You're I did teasing have three me? three bullet points. But the... Issues were with legal tech, the market, and with Clio Zapier. Oh, okay. All right. We got all three bullet points. All right. Do you want to spin this in a positive fashion? Never. Can we have a speed of strength? Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You may go. <laughs> all right. Who's next? All right. Come on, man. All right. Guest number two. All right. All right. Please, sir, identify yourself and where you work or what you want to promote. I'm Paul Gowdo, and I'm a law professor at Iowa, and I want to be very cruel about Microsoft. Oh, great. All right. Let's bash Microsoft. So, Wait, did you say you're a law professor where? At Iowa. Iowa? Yeah. The state? The, the University of Iowa. Oh, I love Iowa. Where's and, the University of Iowa is in? Iowa. City. Yes. <laughs> Is it Iowa City? Dude, I know in Iowa. I'm not Iowa, joking. With it's you. the University of Iowa. Very Iowa briefly. State is in Ames. Iowa University, University of Iowa is in Iowa City. All right. And very briefly, I lived on a street called Iowa Avenue, just to make oh. absolutely sure. That's legit. I like yeah. that. I, I am actually, I've been to Iowa many, many times. Yeah. My wife's family has a farm in Iowa. Oh, fabulous. So, corn or pork? Uh, they do corn and soybeans. Okay, excellent. I love Iowa. Yeah. Tenderloin sandwiches, loose meat sandwiches. I'm all over this. Like, I'm not a poser. Too much ranch, though. Yes. Ranch on yeah, no, no, there's a lot of ranch. Like, I tell people, like, an Iowa salad is like lettuce and a thousand breadcrumbs. Sometimes with green jello. Sometimes, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Good talk about Iowa. What are you, so, out of curiosity, what are you doing here in Boston? So, I'm actually visiting this semester at BU. Oh, you're here for the yeah. whole semester. Yeah. It's like the same, right? Same weather pattern and stuff but like that. No, more snow, less cold here. 
Right. Yeah, it is. I was pretty brutal. I was so though a few years ago. Speaking of festivals, it's just flat. Yeah, I was when one of those polar vortex years. I was checking other cities, hmm. and the only place on the planet that was settled that I could find that was <laughs> routinely every day colder than Iowa City oh. was in northern Siberia. Oh, really? Yeah, not just oh, Siberia, wow. northern Siberia. You need. You need. <laughs> That's hardcore. You need like some skyscrapers to yeah. block the wind. Some mountains. I keep saying I should run for office. You should. On the Trumpian platform of build the dome and make Canada pay. Oh, I like that. Okay, so we've we've only known each other for three minutes, but you have my vote. I, think I want you to know that. <laughs> so you said you have a grievance against Microsoft. Let's do it. So the grievance is that Microsoft Word is quite possibly the single worst piece of software ever <laughs> written. That includes, you know, the 737 Max software. Wow. That includes the Patriot missile targeting software that had a floating <laughs> point error back in the day and, like, bombed a few cities. <laughs> this right? is great. Microsoft Word is worse. Can I say that the Festivus podcast is going really well? <laughs> um, all right. Can you tell me? So are you, are you one of these lawyer? Are you a lawyer, sir? Um, yeah. Okay. Are you one of these lawyer types who loves word perfect? Is this I like a word versus word, word perfect. perfect debate? So I haven't practiced. Reveal codes, am I right? Years. But when I was in practice, show reveal codes. Reveal codes is the only thing. It tugs that, on the heartstrings a little bit. Reveal it really codes. Does. Yes. How could they not steal that? Surely Microsoft Word, Microsoft has a long and honorable history of stealing features <laughs> from better companies. How is right. it that they could not steal that one? Shameful. All right. Do you have specific grievances against Word? I do. And so most people, their specific grievances involve bullet points and yes. why they just. Russell don't. had like 10 bullet points. He only went through three. <laughs> but my specific grievance, my main grievance among the thousands of wrongs that Microsoft <laughs> Word does to me I agree, on a daily basis yes. is if you've ever written a law review article, one thing that you know about law review articles is that law review editors like to make a lot of changes. Right. And one thing you know about Microsoft is that every single change to anything counts as a change and track changes. So like if they change a single comma, right. that counts as a distinct change. And so as a law professor writing articles, you will get this thing back and it will have 5,000 discrete changes. And of those 5,000 discrete changes... <laughs> 20 will be something you actually need to look at. Right. I see the pain in your eyes right now. It's agony. Yes. Because when you try to get through the other 4,980 changes, right. which are only 4,980 changes because Microsoft is incapable of aggregating them, <laughs> it crashes. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. I feel you. It's, it's agony. Um, Yes. So is there a solution? There is a solution. Okay. It's The solution is called Markdown. Oh, the solution nice. is right. called Git. The solution is... Colarusa is a big Markdown guy, right? This is, you this have is, stock in so Markdown, have, don't I'm you? Gonna, I'm going to plug a thing. Did he put you up to this? He did not. All I right. put, it, put myself up to it. Right. I have a thing. I, I've started a little blog, which has stalled because... All right. Oh, wait. Is the blog still available? It's still available. It's stalled because I've been meaning to write more for it, but okay. I started trying to write it. Can we have the URL? Thing. Yes. Because this is going to force you to write more because yeah, people so are going to be a, visiting the page. It's uh, actually is called techup.lawyer. Oh, techup.lawyer. Okay. And 
the latest post on it right now is a detailed tutorial on how to switch to Markdown oh, and never let Microsoft darken your door again. <laughs> oh, this is good. Okay. So Can when was the latest post written? Um, months ago, because right. I started on an InfoSec post, and that takes forever, and so I've given up. But I'm going to start again, and other people should contribute, too. All right, so this is Send the, this is, stuff. all right, so, like, here's what I want you to do, man. Like, say that blog URL again, and then let's make the request for people to contribute. Let's so you it. want to give an email address or a contact point um, for you? Techup.lawyer. Yep. Um, I think, actually, there's contribution instructions on there. All Probably right. the easiest way is to actually go to <coughs> the GitHub repository for the blog and write your own, and then I will merge it, and you will be a legal technology training blogger. Write for this man's blog. He's lonely. He's in Iowa. He's surrounded by cows. He's sad and cold. Oh, am I plugging my own Twitter as well? You can also reach me on Twitter. We have coaching. <laughs> we have coaching during the podcast. Thank you, David. Uh, I've been coached. To co say you plug go your to Twitter. Twitter. What's your Twitter account? Just P-A-U-L-G-O-W-D-E-R. And you will also see lots of cat pictures. Oh, beautiful. I have the most beautiful cat. You do? So it's important. What's your cat's name? Leonidas. Oh, that's pretty sweet. There's a good story Like the king from, from 300? Like the king? king uh, yeah, exactly. So, the part of the, so three reasons. One, because he looks like a baby lion. Oh, okay. That's Two, fair. because he was afraid of everything and he needed a courageous name. Oh, well, there you go. Did and it work? three, because he really likes to blockade doors. And so my theory was if a Persian cat ever tried to get through a door, right. he would never let that cat pass. Oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. All right. I think your cat needs his own blog as well. He does. He Can has we an get Instagram, kind of. I mean, he has he my does? Instagram. Can you please tell Instagram. me what your cat's Instagram is? He has a is? Facebook page. If you just search Leonidas Maximilian Gouda Smith the third. Wow, that is impressive. He's like a duke or something. He's he got like eight names. Every okay. cat's a duke. I think, we, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. I think we have. Let me at this point call someone else up. Is there anything else you want to say? That um, you have not I mean, covered yet. But I could yet. mention my cat a few more times. He's mention your really cat, like cat. let's mention the cat like yeah. one more time. I know, can we? I have the best. Can I have his cat. full name once more? Leonidas Maximilian Gouda Smith III. He is the best cat, and you should follow his Facebook. Page. People, check out this cat. Yeah, he sounds great. dope. <laughs> All right, thank you, sir. Can we have another speaker? I, that's going to be a tough act to follow. I'm going to be honest with you. Who wants to come up next? Do I have to call on someone? Who's next? Who's next? David? Cola Russo? So, Dear Lord, to what do I owe the pleasure? Well, Are I you going to talk about Markdown? Is it Markup or Markdown? I always get that Markdown. Wrong. Markdown. Are you going to talk about Markdown again? No, no, Are you going to talk no. about Markup? Um, so I, I, I thought I'd, I'd talk about some jurisprudential things. Wait, hold of on. Strength. Hold on, sir. Please, for the audience listening at home. For the record. Who are you? Uh, what my do name, you do? My name is David Cola Russo, and I'm the director of the Legal Innovation and Technology Lab here at Suffolk. Brilliant man. Go on, sir. Uh, just upstairs. And uh, I wanted to respond to, to some of the, uh, the earlier guests' uh, grievances. I like to call them the haters. <laughs> um, and so, cat haters, but cat lovers. There are. Yes, this is true. This is true. Um, so one of the things I, uh, we do here at the lab is uh, we teach law students how to work as part of interdisciplinary teams um, to sort of understand the realm of the possible in the tech world. And uh, we've actually had a lot of success with our students getting jobs with those skills, um, but they're not 
legal tech jobs, sort of in quotes, although sometimes they are. We, do, we have had success with people going on to do legal tech consulting or to do uh, innovation, uh, be an innovation officer at, at different firms. Within law firms. Within law firms. Right. Um, Which but, is technically a legal tech job, right? It is a legal tech job. But I think the, the, the real skills that we're teaching them is how to think about these tools and how to think about how things work. Um, and that's the, that's the skill that they're learning because something that I think we uh, fail to recognize often enough as lawyers is that we're information workers and that our tools are something that we should take pride in and that we should understand and um, that we should treat the same way that uh, craftspeople treat their tools. Oh, man, you're speaking my language. Yeah. I get in trouble for comparing lawyers to plumbers sometimes. Would you go that far? Probably not. Um, well, my, my grandfather <laughs> was a pipe fitter, so I, I think there's, there's, there's a lot to be said there. My father yeah. was trained as an electrician. Yeah. So um, um, I think there's a lot to be said for, and, you know, that valuing your tools and knowing how they work is a big one. Um, and so, so, yeah, so I'd say that, you know, legal tech skills are really just lawyer skills. And so as a question of where the jobs are, the jobs are everyone's jobs now. And I think it's, uh, you know, I think what we do just this week, reached 38 states with a, a requirement of tech competence. Right. Um, so, uh, as an ethical guide. So, um, yeah, so I'd like to just say that, you know, it's happening now. And, um, and since we're here at Suffolk Law, I'd like to say it's happening here. It's happening um, right here at right Suffolk here. University Law School. Right here. Um, Circle R. And so, yeah. So, uh, understand your tools. And it's not just about, um, it's not about turning attorneys into coders um, uh, to bring in the, the... Right. That's been a longstanding debate, which I think, like, not a lot of attorneys necessarily understand. But there's a lot of talk about that. Yeah, there's a lot of the question of, oh, why don't we hire, you know, we hire electricians, we don't do our own electrical work. Yeah. Um, Or we hire plumbers, we don't do our own plumbing work. But, you know, I'm not a plumber, but I've been known to turn off the water to my house if there's a leak. <laughs> yes. I've been known to I've change. unclogged a toilet or two yeah, myself. <laughs> and, and most importantly, I've replaced washers in a linky faucet as opposed to paying $300 an hour to have someone replace a five-cent item. Yes. And, and that's the type of skills that we want to make sure um, lawyers understand that they can do. There's things they can do that they might not uh, think of as coding. Um, Using a lot of the tools, the sort of like no-code option stuff, things like community lawyer, um, yep, uh, to do things that they might think they have to know coding to do, but uh, it depends on really what you mean by coding. And if it's telling a computer how to do something, um, there are a lot of options for that. And knowing what's possible is often the biggest impediment to getting there. And also, it's important to be able to know what's possible so you know when someone's trying to sell you a bill of goods. Yeah, that's beautiful. It brings so, a tear to my eye. So well, that, that's well my positive, my well positive bet. Do you have any grievances? Grievances. Uh, you don't have to have any no, grievances. I'm, 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 pretty, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic now. I think everyone else has, has covered anything that, that's out Do you have any pets? At this time, I do not have any pets. No pets? No pets. Before you leave, don't leave yet. Again, your name? David Colarusso. Where, your affiliation? Uh, Suffolk University Law School. Where everybody should go if they want to get a law degree. And we, we do a lot of stuff here, especially in legal tech. Right. Absolutely. Thanks, sir. All right. Who's next? Anybody else want to go? Warren. Yes. All right, my good friend Warren. Yeah, why not? Why not put myself on the All line? All right. right, name, yeah, we got affiliation. So okay, so um, I am uh, with Elevate Services. That's a law company. Uh, I think some people call it an alternative legal service provider, but they yes. don't like that term. They like the <laughs> law company. All right, we'll go with the law uh, company. I'm a, I'm a managing director of digital strategy and services, and do not ask me what I do because <laughs> I have. I have yet to be able to figure out an elevator speech to describe my job. 
I, it literally we won't like tell every, anybody. Yeah, <laughs> it almost seems like every month or six weeks I'm doing something a little different. But what's fascinating about you is you were formerly a practicing attorney. Yeah, and, and you and taught yourself a lot of stuff related I, to legal I did. Tech. I taught myself a lot of stuff. I think that's a good story. I have, I literally, like <clears throat> a year ago, I was a practicing attorney who was doing a little bit of maybe digital consulting, data consulting with uh, LexPredict, which right. then got bought by Elevate Services. Yep. And now I'm completely flipped, where I'm now full-time with Elevate Services and the... You know, the legal stuff is sort of going by the wayside. So. Which is like a very unique story in legal, frankly. Like, I think very well, few lawyers yeah, do this. tell me that. I, I'm almost thinking of Liam Neeson, right? That that whole You're that just whole like line. Liam. I was just thinking, you're just like Liam Neeson. Yeah, having a particular set of skills, although yes. I, they're not as dangerous. No, I think. no. I mean, they're, they're dangerous you haven't killed anybody that I'm aware of. So. Because yes. my coding is still atrocious, but and I, <laughs> I have been known to crash servers. But... <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> got to test the server viability, right? Might that's as well right. be you. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. And um, so my, my gripe is this, right? Yeah, gripe, is that yes. everybody seems to gripe a lot about legal technology. And I, I don't think... <laughs> oh, I like where you're going to this. It's not a new thing, right? So yeah. I, I, I actually practiced for a very long time. So when I started... Like right, five years? The gripe was literally about computers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They were all griping. We, we, we don't want to do these computer things. They're going to make us type our own stuff, right? They all had secretaries. <laughs> And uh, the secretaries, of course, were, were all women. But, yeah. um, you know, we're going to make us uh, type our own stuff. It's going to be horrible. And, of course, now, right, everybody has computers. You don't think about this. Uh, the Internet, uh, oh, about six years after I started, it was the Windows thing, right? They were all <laughs> griping about having to use Windows. And it's yeah. going to be unstable, and our computer's going to crash. Word perfect, people. Right. <laughs> yeah, well. You were right. <laughs> yeah. Well, at my firm, actually, they, they, they held off for about two years. So we didn't start off with 3.1. I think it was another stage right. along. It was a little more stable. Yes, yeah. and you're right, Paul. They did. <laughs> I, I would say, though, I, I'm seriously thinking, though, I, I learned a lot over the last, like, five years. Yeah. I, I've learned a lot of stuff. But I'm thinking about going to Stanford and getting a doctorate. Oh, so for I real? So I understand how to use Git oh. to, uh, to write wow. my briefs. Because, <laughs> because I still can't figure Git out. Oh, all right. Um, this is, this yeah. is good. Now we're in the confessional period. We're in the confessional period. And, and actually, when... That makes two of us. Neither can Professor I. Professor Gowder put up his, you know, his, his um, blog... Explaining how to I actually do all think Leonidas types all the blogs, I, I but I digress. <laughs> I did read it, and I I can't figure that out. So that's <laughs> I. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with Word. I think. So in any case, that's um, fair. And five years from now, you'll have your doctorate from Stanford, so you'll be good to go. Do yeah, anything take with me that. A couple of decades to pull <laughs> that one off. That that would be hard. So in any case, that's my point. Is is people gripe about this stuff, and but the reality is, it, it's. You know, you just have to sort of dig in and, and find out what's going on and, and use it. And, uh, you know, all the things we think about that were new, right? I mean, a lot of them are, are very much commonplace when you look back. And it, it, it's true that it takes a very long time for everybody to say, get the computer on their desk. Right. Start using email. Yeah. Um, you know, use ballpoint pens. I have a feeling that when ballpoint pens came out, there was like a huge learning curve, right? And there's a lot of lawyers who didn't like <laughs> to use them. In fact, yeah. my, my old law partner uh, actually liked to have, he had a, a non-ballpoint pen that he would use for signing important contracts. What's the alternative to a ballpoint pen? Like a fountain pen? Like what was fountain previous? Pen, yeah. yeah, He had a fountain pen. Like actually dipping it into ink and stuff? Uh, I think it had a cartridge in it, so it was a little more modern than the inkwell, but it was a fountain <laughs> pen, and it, I granted it, it 
you know, wrote really nice. Hmm. Uh, it, it sounds maybe, really, really classy. Like, I kind of want one. Yeah, it was actually. It I was feel like very I have, should have a fountain pen at my desk. It was very classy. You pull it out <laughs> for the important signings and you use the fountain pen. That's right. So, you throw on my ascot, sign something with a fountain pen. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, now we're going to have electronic signing, um, you know, right. and pretty soon that's going to be the no Everybody's going to use it. And it's the same thing with. Um, you know, products like the one we were talking about, like Woodpecker. I mean, this is going to be how you do things. And right. It may take us, you know, five to ten years to really get there. But do you think part of it's a function of effort? Like lawyers should dive into tech more to get a better understanding? Yeah, I, I do think people need to I think that's true. And there, there's definitely true. a lot of lawyers who don't learn to use these tools. Very superficially use them or or just don't take the time or effort to use them at all. There's yeah. a, there, there is, it's true to be said, that a lot of them, and, and people talk all the time about the fact that the lawyers have had to excel on their desk for a long time, don't know how to use that, and they've had right. Word on their desk for a long time, and they don't know how to use that. Right. And certainly none of them know how to use markup. Yes. Two exceptions. Yes. But Or even markdown while we're at it. Or even markdown <laughs> while you're at it. <laughs> well, so, this, is, this is a good one. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Um, you're anything welcome. else you wanted to say before I release you uh, from the court? Yeah, I don't think so. All right. Can you tell people again where you work, okay. what you do, and where they can find out more about your company? Okay. So uh, Warren Egan, um, I work at Elevate Services, and uh, I'm also, I'll plug, I want to plug this. this plug is whatever you would like. I this is your time. I share a group called Legal Analytics within the ABA business law section. Right, yes. So anybody who's a law student, right, they have an ABA membership for free, they can join that group. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's a business law section member um, of the ABA, and there's like 30,000 of them out there, uh, some of your <laughs> right. listeners are probably members of that group, I'm but sure don't know are. what's inside of it. So they can all join this legal analytics committee and they can learn more about data and things like that. So That's awesome. And I'm really into that stuff. Um, how would they find out information about the committee? Like just go to the ABA they website? They have to go to the or? ABA website, yeah, and they go to whatever they have set up for themselves and they, gotcha. can, they can just, or they can just Google legal analytics committee, business law section. And, and uh, how, how do people find Elevate uh, Legal? Elevate Legal, am it's I elevate saying that? Elevate services. Elevateservices.com. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's interesting. There's a whole, you know, Elevate Services, what these law companies do is they, they sort of take the routine low risk work and they find more efficient ways of processing it other than doing it within law firms and law departments. And, you know, they make a lot of money doing that with people, right? right. But technology still, even simple technology, underpins a lot of that. True. You know, I mean, just the systems to keep workflow going, um, be able to allow people sitting in Arizona or India or Indonesia or Poland. We have a whole contracts department in Poland, mm. right, to be able to work on things from other parts of the world. It, it's very technology driven. Yeah. Um, but it lets me work from Boston. Which is great. Right? Yeah. Right. Because I'm like the only elevator who's like right downtown in Boston. And then. <laughs> Wait, elevator? Is that what you call, call it? Elevators. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a so, cult? You know, Warren, Warren is this a cult? Do you need help? <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink I any Kool Aid the world, right? that they give you. Yeah. So, anyway, so in terms of where people can find out more about me, um, yeah. I'm on Twitter at, at Analytic Law. And yes. I've got a website up at analyticlaw.com. Oh, you do? Analyticlaw.com. Yeah. What a great handle. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. This Thank you. This is great. Anybody else want to go? Daz, are you Thank coming you. up? This is, this is what I've been waiting for. This is your, can I give you credit for this being your idea? <laughs> that was going to be 
good. <laughs> if you're strutting up here, like you got to bring the heat. Um, can I? Can I? Uh, can I tell you this? Can I tell people this was your idea? Yes. This podcast. So I want to give you full credit. Does hey, Greenwood? Hey. Right, you're up here now in Boston, right? Hey, yep. You Back were in, in New York for a little while. All right. So, like, I, for the podcast audience, name affiliation. I just gave your name, but you can give it again, <laughs> and then we can get into grievances. Um, uh, I'm at uh, MIT, where I run the computational law uh, research program there, um, and uh, that's at law.mit.edu. And perhaps my best affiliation, and also brings us to my first grievance. Oh, great! <laughs> um, is <laughs> you really thought this out? <laughs> oh, okay. So, Your Honor, I have a question for you. Yes. What is the group? that is, in fact, convening this meeting that hasn't been mentioned yet. Oh, Lord. Legal hackers? Do we not talk about them? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, not my yet. God. Are they going to hunt me down and murder me now? No. Um, right. We like to do real-time justice, and it's happening now. <laughs> <laughs> You're shaming me in front of the public? <laughs> well, I, I want to encourage um, everybody to know that you probably have a local legal hackers chapter yourself. We have yes. one in Boston. Yes. You're a co-organizer. I can't believe I didn't mention I'm this a is really bad. David Calarusa is a co-organizer. We're definitely editing this on the back end. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is uh, one of the creative examples of the sorts of programming that you get with legal hackers. Yes. And actually, like, did I tell you that I had two other legal hacker organizations in different cities reach out to me to do this again? Fantastic. So, yes. You found your... Your spiritual home. But that was a grievance for me. You just like, you had a lot of issues with these people, specifically me, and I thank you for calling me out on that. I should have mentioned legal hackers. Not at all. Now um, I feel terrible. Well, now I'll get over it. I, I wish that you'd feel good because, hey, now you have every opportunity to revel and celebrate the legal hacker that you are. Right, exactly. <laughs> but now let's come to the substantive grievances. Yes. You have make? grievances. Good. Excellent. Okay. Um, item number one. I think Paul Gowder started to um, reference this. Old <laughs> I, I love how everybody had bullet points. This is oh, great. Oh, yes. Wait, wait. Uh, can I ask bullets. you, before we do that, can I ask you if you have a pet? I don't have a pet so much as pets have me, <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Um, and um, I am I'm equally distributed among a great many pets. And I, I guess I have to start with Jonathan Askin's pet. Okay. Um, who's a, a wonderful labradoodle. And, uh, and I could go down from there, but... I, I have little, I have like my, my special places in the hearts of many pets, and uh, they require much affection from me, and they give infinite wonderfulness back. <laughs> pets are the best. I do all tend right. more toward dog, but you know, cats, dog internet, what's not to love? Yeah, well, all right, great, great. Okay, yeah, so we'll do a one pet limit. Okay, go to your grievances. I won't interrupt you again. <clears throat> <laughs> I promise. What is with um, the concept that as soon as a legal document becomes like scanned or somebody composes it in Microsoft Word or it, or it exists as a PDF, that it's that now we have achieved the mecca of legal tech, that we're, we're now at the arrival zone. Like, yeah, it, it's digital. Do you, do you mean the paperless office? <laughs> yeah. So it's not paperless, but, you know, like it's, that's a paper paradigm. And so my number one grievance is like, um, you know, congratulations on the baby step of being digital and not like literally paper, but now come the days of data. Um, and so the big grievance is like to, or I guess it's more in, imploring um, to go from this document paradigm um, in legal tech and take that step over the chasm to, to data. 
Oh, this is a hot take. I like this. And, um, you know, so like to have legal instruments express themselves as data, like through an API or a service or something that you can use an app with or for, Mm. um, I think like that's, that is the number one grievance is like we, as a, as a profession and just as a society, it's time to actually get over the hump and like, you know, banking and finance, other industries are well into, um, existing as data that's, you know, carefully. No, that's, fa- that's fantastic. That's We're a great example. Yet. Yeah, that's awesome. Item number two. Yes. How do we do law? And like, who are we as a profession? I, I think we're, to the extent that the lights are coming on, and we've heard about a lot of it tonight with, um, with cool apps and online yep. services, they're still largely being pushed through these antiquated um, legal practices and workflows that are not different in kind than how they were, you know, with, with parchment and um, <laughs> and so you know I think the next thing is to start looking for opportunities to um, like re-engineer legal processes and legal practices so that they're you know so that we're so that we're able to take advantage of these new capabilities when things yep. are connected when they're integrated yeah um, and there's an opportunity to have them be somewhat more human centered too absolutely yeah. No qualitative change since, like, Charles Dickens was writing about lawyers. Yeah, I agree. Writ of Hammurabi, maybe. So <laughs> yeah, we're not chiseling in stone anymore. And so um, let's act like it. Yes. Item number three. Um, and it's also You're bringing gets, a lot of gravitas to the proceedings. I like it. <laughs> um, well, it gets to, like, it's sort of connected to the processes, but it's like the, the institutions, um, if you will. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I think... When Warren spoke about his legal analytics committee, that's an example of that's so interesting and wonderful. Partly because it's such an exception, right? Um, yes, and uh, you know, I think as a as a profession or an industry, or like as a people, um, it's time to stop clinging to and like defensively like doubling down on this on the the monopolistic guild framework, and to yes. start looking at um, yes. ways that we can start to innovate um, with you know, like new models and. And I would love to see the institutions, rather than, you know, largely um, chilling innovation um, and defending the the previous way, to really engage and, like, you know, actively embrace uh, development and testing and helping others to deploy these innovative innovative new kind of service delivery models and and just the idea of computation uh, that can be, that can be composed as, in lots of different ways, right. um, not not as the not necessarily as a what we think of as a law firm or a legal or or, or a licensed attorney practicing law per se. Do you think ABS coming to the U.S. is a requirement before we get to that point? Do you think people will be reactionary up to the time law firms have corporate overlords, or no? Do you think lawyers can do it on their own? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, I don't know. Um, and so, you know, like I feel the yearning for, for reforms, um, <laughs> yes. but I think part of when I said develop and, de- and test before deploy, what I'd really love to see is trying a few things. Right. Um, so ABS, but there's a lot of different ways to look at, you know, kind of, um, recomposing, um, the functions of law into different types of business models and processes and roles and relationships. I'd like to see, a like an affirmative, deliberate period of experimentation, a sober evaluation, and then a reformation. Um, but um, the idea of resisting and holding on to yesterday is not the attitude that's going to get us there. That right. was grievance number three. That was great. 
Are you have you more. Ready? Are you ready for a show of jurisprudential? Stuff? Yes, yes, please. Okay, so I think there's. Do you need? Do you need props? Um, I'm going to give props. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like mad props. We did, we didn't plan that. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> Your honor. <laughs> Thank you. I'll let the record reflect <laughs> his honor. I liked my quip. Uh, and so the um, I mentioned legal hackers. I think yes. that they're a great example. And I think today, although I. Because of the format of the show, there's legal grievances, so I'm playing along. <laughs> right. What, what I see is mostly good, actually. It's not yeah. mostly um, dire or problematic or obstacles. I'm seeing a lot of light. A lot of lights are turning on. Um, you know, like your company and what you're doing is a great example. Oh, of what's thank happening. you, sir. You're too um, kind. I think not, legal hackers is a great bottom up. Your check example. is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you, um, Venmo. Um, you can check. Come on, um, Venmo. We will Venmo you. I know. I'm not following the thread of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I will. I do accept any. No, but I think I think it's. I think there's like a groundswell of positivity. I think you're right. Legal hackers is a great example right. of a of a group. Legalhackers.org is where you can find out about that and you know, yep. find out about your local communities, law <clears throat> schools. So, um, you know, what's happening right here at Suffolk, and I'm a proud um, alum of Suffolk with mm -hmm. the um, Legal Innovation and Technology Lab right. is a great example. I think Stanford Codex is another great example. So there's some yes. law schools where the lights are coming on. Yep. And now we come finally to the one that I can speak to you more directly, which is even in engineering and technology schools like <laughs> MIT, yes. the lights are coming on. Um, and so the, the main show, uh, I would like to say, for our dear listeners in podcast land uh, back in December 6th, which is in our future, um, there this will is getting be pretty meta. a public launch um, of the MIT Computational Law Report, uh, oh. where we're going to try to, where we are compiling some of the best examples, we think, of computational legal systems and processes and legal instruments, data-driven contracts. Um, oh, that's and, awesome. Um, and rules and prototypes and examples, good articles, um, data sets you can play with, and, um, and putting that out there. So, the Dude, Did you just give us a scoop? Thank you. You've got the scoop. Yes. I mean, you do it in the show, you deserve the scoop. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> no, that sounds really great, though. That's launching on December 6th. December 6th is when we go, uh, it's a soft launch. We're going to go from private to public, but that's when, when you go to the site, you can see everything. Right oh, now, awesome. it's still private. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, and we really want to just explore the ways that law and legal processes can be reimagined and re-engineered as computational systems. And, and so what's the site? Is it just like the MIT Media Lab site or is there a specific uh, URL? .mit.edu. I like how there's a song. Did yep. you write that? Um, on the fly. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, this is great. Do you have anything else that you want to add? I just want to say, I think we ought to make this an annual Festivus tradition. Yes. And next time I'm going to bring a Festivus poll. I don't know if I mentioned it. I tried to find a Festivus poll at Walmart. I was like, do you have a Festivus poll? They said no. There is there was some poll that David was uh, I believe that's a stick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do better. I'll do better next year. <laughs> well, thank you. So uh, do you wanna again say who you are, your affiliation, and then like let's let's pimp this uh, computational law thing again. Yep, Daz Greenwood. Pimp is strong, but yes, let's do it. Daz Greenwood <laughs> and uh, the MIT Computational Law Report. Yes. Where, um, where I hope one day we can collaborate more directly on the podcast tip uh, with your show. Uh, we should. Be found at yes. law.mit.edu. 
right, every, everybody check that out. Listen to the theme song. It's beautiful. Um, thank you, sir. You're thank free you. to go. Your honor. <laughs> All right. We're done. You know what? Give yourselves a round of applause. Clap for yourselves. You did a great job. All right. We've reached the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit podcast. This was a podcast about Law Festivus, and we've been talking to a great group of people here live in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Thanks to all my various guests today. Finally, thanks to you all out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where we do Festivus right. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.